All right. On another episode of Soothing Semantics, I'm your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, smash the like button, and we are ready to go. And don't forget, real estate, buy, sell, rent, or invest. Follow me on Rafi the Realtor. My contact info can be found um, on Instagram. If you have any trouble, you can send me a DM. You can comment on my YouTube videos. There are plenty of ways to get in contact with me. Today we have a fellow realtor by the name of Jensi. He is a still a colleague of mine, but we work at different companies now. Uh, great friend, great dude. Just closed two deals recently. So congratulations, bro. Really proud of you. Really happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me make a little salute. Salute. He brought some whiskey for us, so we're going to drink. And uh, for any of your, for any real estate needs as well, if for whatever reason you like Gen C more than you like me, then uh, <laughs> feel free to reach out to him as well. We're not here. I'm not here to. to uh, we're here to do business together and yes. grow together. There's plenty yes. of deals for everybody. Without further ado, uh, Gen C uh, works with Keller Williams, and uh, he has been in the game for. You've been in the game for a little less than me, right? Well, like two years now. A year two years, yeah, two years. Um... I had my license in Boston a few years back, in 2017. Okay. But then I moved to Florida. But then I, I didn't end up getting my license till 2019, but I didn't go full-time till 2020. There's a lot of people like that. They started doing it. They took 2021. 2021, sorry. Right. They started taking time off, and then they, whatever it is, they, they get a side job, or they take time off, whatever. Well, yeah, the, the bills had to be paid, and... And I had just recently moved to, to Florida with my wife. So I ended up working, uh, getting a sales job. Where I was, at, I was at that job for about two years before I decided to finally make the jump full time. Gotcha, gotcha. So just like everyone else, you, uh, you, you kind of tried juggling different things until you figured that real estate was your, your game. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I always knew that, that I was going to go full-time, that I wanted to go full-time. I just didn't know if it was the right time, you yeah. know, no yeah. pun intended. So, um, and I think I took too long, you know, now that I look back, I wish I had done it sooner. I wish you'd done it sooner, too, because yeah. then we would have been friends for longer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Indeed. So, dude, dude's on creatine, making pretty big gains these days. <laughs> I see him in the gym, crazy, swole. So uh, tell, me, tell me some of your challenges that you've had and continue to have as a realtor. What are things you um, I think the biggest one is schedule. Schedule and, and learning to value yourself. Okay. And, um, and to just explain that a little bit more, um, with, with, you know, when you go into into real estate full-time or any business as an entrepreneur, you have this sense of, you know, flexibility. You can make your own hours. That's kind of what you, you always hear. And, but when you, when you get into being an entrepreneur, you realize that that's not the way that's, this works. You have to make a schedule. You have to be very focused and very um, uh, straightforward with what it is you prioritize each day to accomplish and get you closer to your goals. And it's something that, that I had to learn very quickly, my first few months. Um, and then the other part of 
put in value on yourself and in your business is that everyone thinks that you have more time. You know, if you're an entrepreneur or that you're not working a regular job where you're stuck, you know, you're clocking in, you're clocking out. And you have to have that respect for your business to make sure that that people understand not only the people around you, but also even clients. You know, clients may want to call you at certain times. They want they might want uh, your services at times, maybe with your you're with family, and you have to really get good at juggling all of that. So what do you what do you think you implemented in order to make that better? In order to structure your day better what were things that you've implemented well following a calendar and following the schedule that's the start and then i mean uh, another thing is i read the the i don't know if you've read it the the one thing the one thing about gary kelly yeah i read, yeah, I read that book and and it, it really solid like made everything a lot simpler um because it's really easy to wake up and feel like there's so much to get done but when you really make it the one thing and you focus on just that one thing you need to get done each day to be successful, it makes it very simple. And this business is very simple. Simple but not easy. So, so what, are, what to you is the one thing? I mean, Gary Keller talks about the one thing, is, but I just want to hear you answer it. What's, what's the one thing in real estate that we need to prioritize more than anything else? Whether it be set appointments, um, because you can control that. You can control how many appointments you set. Um, I, be, I believe you can. But overall, the bigger picture is to, to get more business each yeah, day. Yeah, it's Find more business. Generating leads, yeah. Doesn't matter where it comes from, but, but you need to find more business. Absolutely. In, in, in any business, if you think about it. And he yeah, talks this about is this, exactly. You, you need clients, you need leads in anything. Whether it's restaurants, finance, tech medicine if you don't have clients you don't have business and, and that's really what it comes down to so in sales what i realize is for the first few years you're really spending the time putting water in the pool you know eventually you get to a point where the water is full where the pool is full and now it's just circulating through the filters and you know you some some water is going to fall out of the pool a lot a new water is going to going to drop into it eventually you buy a bigger pool and you continue to add water over time but in the first couple of years, that may be you know that may be different for different people. Some people may really start to expand their business in the first two years. Some people need four or five years until the business really yeah. starts to explode. The, you know the thing I notice is, I mean, there's a learning curve, and you're constantly learning. Uh, with that said, it's lead generation and extreme consistency, just bulldozing through challenges and problems and continuing to put your, your best foot forward every day again and again and again and again and then something eventually starts to stick you continue to implement those things that actually work and then before you know it, it may, it's going to take time but you eventually have a business that's running where you still have to obvi obviously be active in the business unless you build a team and you have people under you who are managing that team and then you can kind of just do your thing but uh, what I mean by that is you set up systems where the business is operating regardless and, and your clients are, are being contacted. So this email campaign thing that I just started, I'm very excited for that because my follow-up game was pretty good, but this email campaign allows me to continue to stay in contact with people who might have forgotten who I was. And there's no doubt that I've lost out on clients because it's hard to remember to call every single person on a constant basis. 
And with the emails, they even if they're not ready to do something for five years, if they constantly receive your emails, you're going to stay top of mind. And they, they might decide to work with their cousin. doesn't guarantee anything. The likelihood is considerably higher that you're going to get a lot more business that way. It's just Yeah, and I mean, you're doing it in the back end. So mm -hmm. you don't have to think about it. If you set up the system, then, then it's getting done anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and now you don't have to prioritize. The priority comes in just setting it up. And you, so you don't have to be accountable for it because you took the initial steps to, exactly. pre to prepare yeah. it and put it into motion. And now it's just working on its own. And that's what's so awesome about it. So I'm really stoked for that. Guys, if you'd like to receive my weekly emails, they're beautifully designed emails. We're going to make them better over time. They're fantastic. Just to give you a quick rundown, the first week is going to have uh, li just listed and sold properties in the area. I'm writing a list of some of the most major cities in South Florida. If there's a city that you're looking to buy or sell in and it's not listed on my email, please reply to the email or if you have my, my, my number will be there as well. My cell number, you can send me a text or call me and say, hey, I'm looking to buy or sell in Miramar. I don't see it on your list. Can you send me a list of listed and sold property? And I'll be happy to do that. The second will be market trends. So for all of you stat and data people, you'll have a bunch of different stats and data. If anything you're interested in seeing is not on that, again, reach out to me and I'll get it to you. Third email is going to be real estate news. So anything that's really happening in South Florida, things that are happening in the US in general. And then the fourth email will be awesome things to do in any given neighborhood. So new restaurants, parks, uh, shopping, things of that nature. So you'll really be in the know of everything and anything real estate. Send me your email. Let's get going. Send them your email. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to send them your email. Jeez, they got to do Why it. Why not? They got to do it. They got to do it. <laughs> I think it's so valuable. Even realtors, if you're a realtor and you want to put this something together like this as well, I'm happy to send this over to you so you can learn from me and uh, you know implement it however you want to. But I'm happy to do that for you. So, so you've mentioned some of the challenges. Now, what do you think? What do you think are some things that you can now continue to implement? Not continue, but things that you haven't done yet that you're looking to add to your business that you think will take your business to the next level. Um, I mean, right now I'm focused more on doubling my business. So everything I've done and I've done well is doubling and tripling it. Okay. Um, I mean, this is not for now, but maybe in the future, getting somebody to handle the social media side. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't really put too much focus on the social media side, and I know I should, but, but I really, there was a moment, I think, after my first year that I was like, let me just really get really good at the skills. Let me really get really good at doing the activities, like the lead generation, the the setting appointments, the the showings, um, servicing the clients, and 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 get really so good at that, and master that so that I can then move on to those those other things that I want to work on, like maybe doing video content, social media, all of that. There's so many components. That, there's that, so, yeah, and there's so gonna, many ways to do it. So so that that's going to lead us into two discussions. First off, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, because we spoke about that the other day, and yeah. I want to get into that. And also, how when you're doing a business like real estate, where you're an entrepreneur, you have so many different ways to do something. And people go, oh, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? Why don't you oh, maybe send out uh, flyers? Send out uh, uh, individually <laughs> yeah. written, you know, um, personalized written notes. 
or why don't you do email things or why don't you make reels every day why don't you what it why don't you why don't you why don't you why don't you it's like they're all good ideas the problem is i will literally lose my fucking mind if i'm trying 50 different things at once let me try a few things that i know are tried and true that absolutely will benefit me i'll try those things especially because i'm not rich so i need to be realistic and i need to allocate funds and do what i can do so I can actually build the business over time. Sure, if I had money falling from the sky, then I can implement all these things. Fantastic, right? It's like, well, that would solve everyone's problems. I can put billboards all over South Florida on the highway, you know, which wouldn't even necessarily be the smartest yep. use of money. But theoretically, if I just had a ton of money to throw around, like, let me just put my face in front of everybody. Uh, so there's so many things you can do, but... There's always something to do, something else to do. Sure. Um, but you, I mean, we're only one, one, you're only one person. You can only do so much. And you have to get the business, you have to scale it enough to, to be able to then bring some people in to, to leverage it. Absolutely. So, so, you know, the email campaign is something I'm starting with now. Looking forward to it. Um, now, this leads us into the next conversation. What do you think about, for, for people that are in real estate or not, not in real estate, when you're trying something... And you're not in this position where it's very apparent that you're doing it at the highest level. When you're still newer to it, you're still doing it on a, on a more of an amateur level. What is your advice to people that may be trying something, either real estate or not real estate related, where they're, they are getting all of this outside noise from other people? What do you think they can do to be able to properly filter the outside noise? Not to say that they shouldn't listen to anybody. But what's your advice on how they can take some outside info, but still stick to their guns and do what needs to be done? Um, a big thing is find someone that you can trust that has done what you what you want to do is where you want to be, or at least has has accomplished it in the past. I would listen to them. Okay. One, don't listen to anybody that's that just hasn't done what you're trying to do, sure. um, or that or trying to. Uh, or giving you opinions on a business that they've never had. You know? I would add, I would just interject and yeah. say that it, I, I take what people say who've done what I'm doing at the highest level 10 times, 100 times yeah. more seriously. However, to, to completely ignore critics, even if they have no experience, I would say you should be cognizant of it. So say you have a video with poor audio quality or poor video quality. Yeah. If somebody hasn't made any content, it doesn't mean they're wrong. People that are in the comments on your videos or people that might say something in passing, like, oh, you know, maybe you should do this or that. I would be willing to listen, but that's where your intuition really comes into play. Because you have to realize who actually gives a shit to help you and who really just is looking for... Yeah, you, you have to separate the two. Because some people are just looking for faults they have absolutely nothing going on in their life and all they want to do is find flaws in what you're doing and point them out because it makes them feel better about themselves, especially if you, they see that it's giving you, if you're responding to it and it's taking up time out of your day, it gives them a sense of power, which which to me, I don't I don't have any animosity towards people like that because I just feel that they they don't have anything going on with themselves. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean... It, it... It it can be all positive. It's not mm -hmm. a bad thing. Sure. Um, it, but it, you just have to make sure you're not getting distracted with that, you right. know? Um, because everyone has an opinion. Anybody has an opinion on anything, you know? I can have an opinion on how to make couches. You know, this one should be like this, like that. But I'm not an interior designer or a couch expert, but... Yes, I, I was told from people that you were a couch expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but um, it's a sex joke. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, you you. He's married. He's married now. He's off the market. Okay. Yes. Yes. And no, you 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 can take advice from from people that haven't done something you're doing, um, but you just have, like you said, you have to have the intuition to understand um, if you should at all, one, and, and if it's just a distraction. Because sometimes people just want to feel like they helped. And that's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing, but... What if you feel like they took like a little bit of a part and they have a little yes, chunk in your journey? that's exactly what I'm saying. So when you succeed, they're like, by the way, yes. I was there. They were like, yeah, like I remember I gave you advice on this. And then like, for example, if the video content, if they tell you to fix the quality or something, and then you start getting millions of views, now they want to act like they, they had a part in that. It's like, no, I, I was going to get there anyways. You yeah, know? Yeah, but yeah. It, There's really, the, the fact of the matter is, 99% of the advice I get from people who don't make content is shit I already know. And they, I think that they don't necessarily realize that I know, so they tell it to me. And I appreciate it, but it's yeah. like, I already knew this, dude. I just, uh, it's happening. There's... There's really nothing that someone can tell me now that I don't know. What I, let me reiterate that, or let me v- verbalize that better. Generally, the only time where I hear something and I get this epiphany moment is from someone who makes content on a higher level. It's just very simple. When it comes to entrepreneurship, right? And you hear this floating around, you see a lot of content where people go, you know, you have to do things consistently and you're going to experience pain and people have heard all these things. Before you were an entrepreneur as opposed to now, what do you, what can you tell people about what it's really like? Because when we spoke initially and I loved when you said this, it got me all fired up. You were like, dude, if people knew what it really entailed, like most people would never even try it. Right? So, what do you say more on a broad level, not even about real estate specifically, but about the life of an entrepreneur and all the ups and downs? What would your advice be to somebody before they go into any entrepreneurship journey? My advice would be that you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You're going to fail a lot. And you have to ask yourself, do you have the mindset, like a strong mindset? And also, do you have the time to fail? What I mean is, I mean, it could be financially, resources. How long can you fail for? Because you're going to fail. And if you don't, probably you, you had some easy, maybe you have a rich dad or something that has rich friends that's going to buy all your stuff or help you buy, uh, sell houses. But most likely you're going to fail. That's why most people fail, especially in the real estate industry. I mean, I think, what is it, like 90%? It's close fail to in the first two years. Bro, it's the first year. I'm pretty sure it's the first year. They have a stat of about eighty-six percent. Listen, stats are very funky to me. I have a, I very, very much don't trust a lot of stats. So there's no way it's eighty-six percent every year because they always throw around that number. I can say t- I can say confidently it's got to be seventy plus, like year over year. Like it's anywhere from seventy to ninety percent. You know, you just see it, bro. Like. I've had so many challenges in this in this industry. Like I'm yeah. not going to sit here and say I haven't. It's been really tough, man. Like you've had I've had months that are great. I've had months that are super slow. It, you just have to be willing to outlast, man. You just have to be willing to get up and be like, I don't care how hard it gets. I'm sticking this out. And you just know that most people don't have the 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 bandwidth and the fortitude to just keep doing it, doing it, and doing it, and doing it, like every fucking day, again and again. 
even if you think you feel stupid, other people might think you're stupid, other people might think this or think that, you just have to have enough of a self, enough inner confidence to say, I don't care how long it takes, I know it's going to work. And you, the craziest thing is you don't actually know that, but you have to have enough of a knowledge. Like, I just know, I, I know that I'm going to be a great realtor. Like, I, I think I already am, but I mean, selling a lot of property at high prices often. I just know I will. When? I don't have an exact time. Yeah. Will it happen? I know 150%. I'm looking at the camera and telling you without any shadow of doubt, without any question whatsoever yeah it will happen because i just won't quit i remember i was getting in my car from the showing mm -hmm. and i was super excited i was like i'm gonna call this realtor the the buyer loves the property we got it this is like maybe my second or third deal that i was working on and the the seller is like or the agent was like you know hey i just we just took an offer like 20 minutes ago but i had just spoken to him like three hours before when i scheduled the showing the showing so I remember I was so pissed, so pissed, it's, bro. It's like it, it almost like, like, like that ruined my whole day. It knocks you off, and that is like nothing to me now. Oh. That's regular bullshit to me now. Same here. It's just you just another day in real just estate. Expect it. You're just that you have to. You. It's not that you just so people understand this. Never be negative. Never say, "Oh, it's not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen." But I expect the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. What that means is, is I don't go into anything. If I'm about to meet a, a $7 million client, I don't say, oh my God, we're going to close this up. I go into a positive. I go into, let's make this happen. Let's make it a great day. Let's get the deal done. But I don't act as if it already happened. It's not that I'm insecure about it. It's not that I don't believe it can and will happen. It's that I, I don't put this, this deal on a pedestal so I don't disappoint myself. I say, listen, I'm ready to go at it with a smile on my face and all the positivity in the world, but I'm not gonna get knocked down if it doesn't work out. I'm expecting that there's a possibility it might not work out, so this way I'm not disappointed, I can brush it off, go and do more business. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's just, um, you know, yeah. I don't like to say realistic, because I think realistic is like a dangerous word, because it keeps you small, but it's more about understanding the mm -hmm. realities of what could happen, is, yeah. is, is what it comes down to. Yeah, and, and, and that's the part that that um, separates the, the the ones that are really in this, you know, for the long for the long haul. Dude, yeah. Because at that moment, that weekend, I I could have just went and applied to a job, you know, and been like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I had the anger for it. I had, you know, I was angry. I was I was pissed. That and look, that buyer never ended yeah, up buying dude, anything. You would have ended up just destroying the office. They would have hired you at the nine to five. You would have threw a stapler at someone. Yeah. You would have smashed a bottle of whiskey over someone's head. No, no, not all that. Okay, but okay. you know, but he's pretty. He's, he's pretty violent. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But um, like, Raffy man, what's up? You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> no, but yeah, he's, he's um, literally sweetheart. But I, what I was gonna say is that after, usually after downs like that, and I've had, I have. 20, 30 more stories after that one, where I was more pissed, more Give angry. Give me one more. Give me one more. Uh, one more is a lender, lender one. So I was working with a VA buyer. He and this buyer actually VA for over doesn't know is veterans veteran, assistance. Yeah. If you're a veteran, you can get uh, you can buy a property with no down payment. Veterans, I understand. I'm an ex-veteran myself. Reach out to me. Happy to make it happen for you. So this 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 buyer um, 
first showings, put an offer. So he saw three properties. The first two he wanted to put an offer already. Mm-hmm. Just met this guy. Um, so I call his lender who, you know, he, he had a lender he was working with already. He had already gotten his VA loan with. And, and then when I go, I talk to the agent. I set everything up. And they go, already did the negotiations. Um, everything's looking beautiful. We're going to put the deal together. Put the deal, put the deal together. And I call the lender just to, you know, I, you know, it's just something that Lee has taught me. Shout out to Lee. I call the lender to make sure everything's going to look fine. There's no obstacles in the way. And the lender tells me that he doesn't have enough cash. And now, keep in mind, he's a VA buyer, so he doesn't necessarily need tons of cash for closing or down payment. Mm-hmm. But he still needed something. And that's something that sometimes uh, people don't know. Like, you still need sometimes usually something, maybe a few thousand dollars to, to make sure it's depending on what price range the, the, the house is at. And uh, the lender pretty much said, like, oh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have enough for that. But, again, this lender I didn't, I didn't ever worked with. So, so pretty much at that moment, like, the deal fell apart. I couldn't even put the deal together. And, again, I was very upset. I remember it was during Bold. I think it was October of 2021. Um, I remember I was stepping in and out of Bold to, to take these calls, and, and it didn't work out. And I was, I needed that deal that day, you know. I really needed to make it work. Um, but again, like every deal that doesn't work, the next month two or two months later on, I have the best month of my career. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it keeps happening that way, and that's what you know, helps me stay in the game. So what did you learn, what did you learn from these things? What are your takeaways from, from maybe even the stru- like structuring the deal? Like let's say right now, you know, what, I take that, what I take from that is making sure your buyers are pre-approved before you show them property. Yeah, like I mean, there's so much, there's so many things to learn, and there's still so much That's to what's learn. That's so beautiful about it, man. It's like when you just continue to be yeah. relentless, you keep doing it, you learn enough eventually where a deal happens, and then you use that momentum from the deal and the money from the deal to continue to source more deals, grow your business, and do more. It's like you just, you have to be willing to go through the learning curve to eventually get to a place where things start to steadily increase. You have to be willing to move over that, and to, that to get over that. Hump. And that's what I mean by when people are trying to jump in into creating their own businesses is, is understanding how long of that can you take? How many failures can you take? Because that is the learning curve. You have to have the why. Like Gary Keller talks about yeah. this and, and a lot of other entrepreneurs talk about this. You have to have a reason behind why you're doing it. Like the money is not a good enough reason. You oh, have, hell no. You have to. The money is not going to work. You have to have a reason it can be to buy, you know, retire your parents. It can be to take care of a sick parent. It can be f- for your children. It can be to you have to have figure out why you do what you do, and then you you are just willing to do it until maybe you just don't want to work for somebody. Oh, that's a that's a big why. It's a for big me. why. It's a, a big, big why. why. That's a big that's, why. That's that's I th- no, but you know what though? And I I don't think anybody ideally wants to work right. for someone. And right, you're so right. I don't know if that's a good enough why. It, 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 could it be can a, be for certain people. Sure. I think it, it depends who you are. Some people, because this is the thing, and this is another thing that I learned about uh, when I got into real estate is, especially with the scheduling, is that you start to realize you actually need to treat your business like you work for somebody, mm-hmm. like you work for yourself. I think there was something, I, I don't know if it was who, who it was that told me, but 
imagine if someone was to give you, you know, $100,000 or $200,000 and, and then wash your schedule, what you did every day, would you, would you, would your business stay afloat, you know? And, mm-hmm. and you have to ask yourself that. that. The thing with owning your own business is that you need to have that accountability from the start. And you have it when you have a job. It's just a little different because you have a, you have a boss who holds you accountable. They give you a, a stable check. But then when you go on, a, go on your own, you need to almost create that because it's not there. Like it goes Super. away. It's not there. You well, know? Because people don't value themselves as, they, as much as they value their boss. Exactly. No, it's a good way to put it. Yes. They look at their boss. They see their boss as a money resource. Right? Yep. My boss is paying me $200,000. He clearly has the resources to do that. I do not. I need to rely on him to pay my bills. And so therefore, I pedestalize him or her, because it could be a woman too. I pedestalize him or her. And this way, they're the person that I need to do the work for, as opposed to when I work for myself. I don't necessarily value You take shortcuts when you you work for yourself. 100%, and you're hoping you can just take the easy route 100%. But with them, you know that if you don't do the work they require, you're fucked. You're, You're fired. So you have to switch the mindset as an entrepreneur is I need to take myself seriously. How about firing yourself, bro? Like yeah. sometimes you might have to have like, bro, that. There have been countless days where like I looked at the day and it's not that I don't feel I put it enough effort, but looking back now, I can look back at a lot of older days and yeah. say, holy shit, I didn't do that day properly. Like I didn't schedule that day properly. I didn't have the knowledge I should have had, but it's all 20, it's hindsight's 2022. And, and what's funny is that we really don't have that many shortcuts we can take because when we, as, inter- as, a, as entrepreneurs, if we don't uh, make the calls or don't put the deals together, we don't make money. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as a job. A job, you, you can make a, a mistake here and there. You're, you're, you're not going to get fired immediately. You, you can know? sit on the toilet and, and, and for an exactly. hour and still get paid. And you're still going to get the stable check next week. See, and, and that's, the, that's the switch. But it takes a little time to realize that. You know what gets me? When people say, uh, oh, I have the day off for Memorial Day or like I have the day off for whatever, which is there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with with ha- being in that position. It's just more of, I don't, I only have a day off when I take one. Meaning like, I'll work, if I know, if I know I have a, that's what, but that's what's beautiful. That's the beautiful side. There are much more beautiful sides to entrepreneurship because we're talking, not talking about the negatives, we're talking about the, the challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The beautiful parts about entrepreneurship is when one person is taking off for Veterans Day, I have a, f- a $5 million listing going on market on that day. And like, you better believe as much as I support the veterans and, and you, know, you know, I'm there for them, it's, I got a $5 million deal to do. I don't give a shit about a barbecue on whatever day. Like, I'm here to make business happen. It's the best day to make calls. That's, that's why everybody's at home. That's true too. But it's like, I mean, yeah, and then people say, okay, well, when do you enjoy your life? Uh, that we can go down a rabbit hole with that is uh, most people don't want to sacrifice a lot of days of relaxation to do the things that entrepreneurs want to do. It's, it's, it's the sort of thing where you either get it or you don't get it. Yeah, because for like, sure. Most people are going to think you're crazy. Most people are going to think you're why are you so money focused why are you so work focused it's you it's the the desire to be autonomous and have the freedom because i understand on a very simple level that when you have the money you can do shit the way you want to do it 
And when you don't have money, you have to make all these concessions and compromises that you wouldn't normally want to because you just don't have another option. When you have the money, you can decide where you want to eat, where you want to go, who you want to date, who you, you know, where you want to live, whether you want to do something or not want to do something. And when you don't, you have to be very willing to compromise on things that you wouldn't normally compromise on. Like you have to, you have to compromise on values sometimes that you just wouldn't compromise on, but you just don't have another choice. And it's a very shitty position to be in, and most people are in that position. And they just live these very sad, disappointing lives. It's not to say that you can't be happy if you're not wealthy. You can be poor financially and still be happy if you want to be. Mm-hmm. But if you're certain, entrepreneurs are people that value freedom. They need freedom in order to feel fulfilled and happy. Um, and then there's also the idea, and I'm speaking for myself, but I think I speak for most entrepreneurs. There's also a level of conquest. I don't mean that in a bad sense. It's, it's an idea of just overcoming obstacles and, and, and winning that we need. We just, we need that, those victories. That's what gives us fulfillment. I don't get, a, I don't get fulfillment in just Randy telling me to do a job, doing it, going home and eating dinner. I, I need to build my own shit. Yeah. It's very rewarding. It just takes a while to get the reward. Oh yeah, it takes it. You're going to get fucking kicked in the ass a million times before yep. you get there. Yeah. But that's what makes it worth it. Yeah, that's what I always try to remember whenever I go through uh, uh, a bad time or just a bad situation, a deal that doesn't go the way I plan, anything like that. I just try to just try to think about everyone that has accomplished what I want to, that that has that success that I that I see for myself, and and understanding that they had to go through this. So me going through this is just getting me closer, and that's when you learn. Everything I've learned that's made me. Uh, more confident today when I'm working with clients is from the failures. It's not from the wins. The wins are the, that's the easy parts. The failures is where it, what tests me, you know, what shows me, like, am I really about this? Mm-hmm. Or am I just a freaking fraud? Like, <laughs> like, and that it is what it is. Yeah, 100%. But it's hard to appreciate that until after the fact. Yes. Because when you're dealing with the, with the pain of it, you're like, oh, why, why, why? Why, why me? Why it's me? like the why me thing, yeah. And, and, and when you have wins, you, gotta, you have to appreciate it then. When you have a small win, I try to, you know, I'll, I'll tell my wife, hey, let's go grab dinner at a, a nice new restaurant. Like, it could be a Wednesday. If that's the deal, I put a deal together that day, I'm going out. Like, mm-hmm. I'll try to enjoy that, you know. But the next day, it's, you understand, you have, to, you have to find that next one. You know, you are absolutely correct. Yeah, it's uh, like I said uh, maybe twenty minutes ago. It's the combination, and there are so many components to doing something at a high level. And I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. Not even, not even close. But I know myself enough to know that I'm a fucking machine. I just am, and I'm not. You know, there are a lot of people I see on social media. They're like, "You will not outwork me." No, there are people that will outwork me. Elon Musk will outwork me. There are people that will work seven days a week, twenty four seven for fifteen years straight. I am a very hard worker. But it's not black and white. I mean, what I'm it depends is, what you want too. You know. What I'm saying is, I don't care to be a billionaire. I don't care to be the richest man in the world. I don't care to build a public company. I don't need to do things. I don't need to be the number one realtor. I don't need to be the number one podcaster. What I need, what I'm going to do, is I'm going to do both of them at a very high level, much, much higher than the average realtor and the average yeah. podcaster. That is what I'll tell you. Yeah. And I'm going to keep doing it until I get there. Why? Because first off, I know I can. 
uh, B because I know that it'll give me a lot of awesome things, and C I don't really have a C. We'll come up with a C, but <laughs> but the well, well also C is because of my why. I just I I to me it's like I I think maybe because success is, is a very exciting. It gives you a very whole in, in, fulfillment, you know, fulfilling yeah. feeling or whatever. It's I don't I just I back in the day we had to do these very primal things out of necessity and now people kind of just sit around and we have all these comforts I like looking at it in that kind of way where yeah, yeah. you know we used to have to hunt deer with spears so I like the idea of gaining these wins putting them under my belt becoming more capable I'm always trying to figure out how I can become more capable right so if I take care of my body and I could definitely get better at that Take care of my body physically. That's a win. If I can get my my money right, that's a win. If I can get you know get great at martial arts, become a black belt in a martial art, that's a win. If I can become better at communication with my my future wife in, in my relationship, that's a win. If I can just be an all around very you know a very well rounded person, that's great. That's wonderful. That's that's something I want to do. So in terms of, I mean, in terms of this whole discussion, I think I mean we covered a hell of a lot of ground. I think it was. Yeah, no, we have so far. I, 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 this was this is a very this ended up being very much a self development podcast. So I'm I'm hoping that anyone who started out in real estate in the last couple of years, like we did, got a lot of value from this. And I I hope that if you want to live a life on your own terms, that you'll stick it through. But I think it's also important that you really understand your why, because not everyone's cut out for this business. Um, if, if you're not someone who enjoys the everyday, the day-to-day of it, you might be better off getting a job or trying a different industry. You have to also really figure out why you're doing it. The why is the most important thing for me. For sure. Like come, understand what you're doing it for. If you're just doing it because you see these realtors on Instagram making a ton of money, you're probably Please not... Please don't. Please yeah, don't. Yeah, don't do it, man. Because you're probably, you're probably not going to do... The realtors who are making a lot of money in real estate, they really give a shit. Like they, they really care and they were willing to, to go through immense amounts of pain to get there. Even the ones, I would, I would even say even the ones who came for money, they still had to go through challenges. You know, they definitely had it easier, but you're not them. You know, very small population, a very small percentage of the population had parents that were in the industry or... Uh, you know, just had a very strong sphere who was able to give you those wealthy clients from the get-go. If you are not one of those people, it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of hardship to get there. And neither Gen Z or I are at that incredibly high level yet, um, but we will be. And you just have to be willing to do to be that person. And if you aren't willing to be that, if you aren't willing to be that person, save yourself the time and, and go do something else. That's my that is my suggestion on a very positive note, but it's uh, yeah and it's listen there are harder things out there. It's not you know the, we're not going to war here, but it, in a way it is. I mean business is war to an extent. Yeah, creating your creating your own business is definitely uh, it is because you're battling yourself, you're fighting yourself every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely a, a huge life test. Mm-hmm. I would say it's beautiful though, and it, and it makes you stronger, and it and it really. Uh, helps you see how strong your mindset is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people think they have strong mindsets, but 
like you don't really know if you have a strong mindset until you've gone through really tough things without a shadow of a doubt man yeah it always it always like how could you know you know it always brings everything's going your way how would you know you're 100% right People, yeah, it, no one wants to go through hardship, but you always appreciate it after the fact. Yes, yeah. While you're dealing with it, you never want to be in it. But I also think that over the course of time, you even start to appreciate it. When you see, when you feel it, when you feel it happening, you go, you know what? I've been through this before. Not this exact thing, because I think if you're experiencing the exact same problem over and over and over again, it's probably because you haven't learned how to resolve it. Exactly, yeah. But if you're experiencing variations of it you become so much more well-equipped at handling it. So if you dealt with one kind of buyer and had a challenge, and now you're dealing with a different kind of buyer with a similar challenge, wait a minute, I recognize this issue, I can tackle this. And you still might, you might not be able to resolve it immediately, but you've dealt with that issue before. And now eventually you get to a point where it's so calm, it's, you, 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 you smell it happening, <laughs> and you can handle it right then and there. And then you eventually get to a point where it's just fucking, it's literally like driving a car. It's like, oh, that kind of buyer, that kind of problem, that kind of property. One, two, three, four, let's do it. Let's figure it out. And then, you, you, you know, you're, you, before you know it, you're in, the begin, you're in the business for 20 years and you're, you're, your problems are arising. It's not like these massive agents don't encounter problems. It's that they're so incredibly efficient at solving them. It, it, they're so, it's just one, two, three, bam, done. I call this mortgage broker, call this title company. Uh, that property doesn't work because there's that issue. Let me let me find another similar property off market, blah, 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 blah. And they're just steamrolling through business because they've been willing to go through incredible amounts of pain to get there. And now they're enjoying the fruits of their labor because they were willing to do what 99.9% .9 of other people weren't. Right. And now we have people pedestalize them. But these realtors are like, asshole, do you realize what I, I was willing to do this shit you weren't willing to do? Yeah, this is why and that's I'm, the part that people don't see. This is why I'm sitting here and you're admiring me because you weren't willing to do it. That's what it is. Yeah. Another, and another thing uh, that I was just thinking about is that I struggled with when I got into real estate is I wanted it. I thought I could help everybody. I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but just... Uh, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Like every lead or every person that uh, that had a, uh, you know, a, a heartbeat, pulse. a pulse, <laughs> as Lee would say, you, you think you can help them. And, and although that is, that's very nice of you, um, that's not how you build a business. You have to work with people that, that are ready and able and willing to buy now or sell now. Um, and then everybody else is, is part of a follow-up plan and mm -hmm. you... And you set up a system for that, like the one you, you, you were speaking about with the emails and things like that. It's super yeah. important. You have to know how to say no. And, and that's just having respect for yourself and your business. Yeah, you have, you have to, to feed that. your family now. I don't have to feed my family six months from now. I need to feed them next month, yeah, now, yeah, this month. Yeah. It's, it's so important in an industry like real estate where until you get your, until you, your systems build a reliable, consistent amount of business, when, you're, when you have to worry about sourcing your next deal, you cannot sit there and just take everything you get. You have to be choosy. You have to be picky. You, mm -hmm. have, you have to be. And eventually, uh, something that I love that Aaron Novello says, I'm sure you've heard of Aaron Novello. He says, when you generate, you don't have to tolerate. And yep. when you have a lot of business, you can decide who you want to work with and who you don't. When you don't have a lot of business, 
you have to you're going to end up taking business that wastes your time yeah. which completely screws up the entire process of this in the first place because now you're working with people you would have never worked with or you would have worked maybe you'd work with them but you would again put them into a system like you said and say hey it's clear that you're not motivated you know say you're it's the seller and you're pushing to work with the seller and the seller just isn't ready you can tell very clearly and you say okay listen go sell on your own test the market do whatever you got to do you have my emails whenever you want to reach out to me reach out to me if it sells on your own fantastic if you don't get the result that you were looking for you know where to find me you have all this data you're getting all the data you need for my emails again I'm here reach out to me best of luck to you as opposed to being like okay uh, I'm telling you you can't do it like you think you got this you think you can do it on your own but you can't it's very it's very hard to have this very laid-back nonchalant attitude when you really need the business um, and it is and, and it's something you it takes time to learn that you know it takes time you have to f- fail a little bit you have to get you have to waste the time too I mean it's all in the learning it's all part it's of all learning, learning bro. like I've had so many clients that maybe I didn't even have a pre-approval or I didn't have a proof of funds and you know, they were, they, oh, I want to buy a property. I want to do this. I want to do that. Can I see properties tomorrow? And, and you go and spend a whole afternoon away from your family to go do this. And, and then it hits you right in the face. Later on, when you're ready, you're like, okay, so you like this property. What's, what's going on? Oh, well, I'm not really going to buy now. You know, like, and it's just like, and sometimes you think you can convince them too. That's the other thing. And, that, and that's one thing I learned after my first year was, you don't make nobody you don't you can't make anybody buy a home or sell one mm-hmm. they there's a reason why they want to buy a home or sell one your job is to find out what that is when you find out what that is you get, that's that's it that's that's how you service them mm-hmm. cuz then you can just bridge the gap and 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 help them figure out what it is they need it's but a you huge takeaway. yeah it's a huge takeaway you 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 know People don't tell, uh, there's another Aaron Avello thing, and I'm not sure if this is his own quote or if he took it from someone, but people yeah. don't tell, people don't do what they, what you tell them to do, they do what they self-discover. Yes, and, and you have to help them self-discover. And that's a very, very short I love, I love, and I learned this from Lee and Ralph, mm-hmm. again, shout out to them. I, I love telling people, not telling them, but ask, asking them, asking, mm-hmm. asking. Asking them. See this? Yeah. See, hey. I put you on blast. I made it all awkward yeah. for a second. And look at him, bro, pronouncing shit correctly. Oh yeah. So I, what I learned from them is, um, you, you, you kind of tell people the opposite of what they're telling you that they want to do. You know, if I, hey, I want to sell my house or whatever, and you, you'll bring up, you bring it up, like, hey, like, have you thought about renting? You know renting the the mm-hmm. the property or like why like you 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 have to get it out of them mm-hmm. you know because it, it, they're not going to do it because you're on the phone with them mm-hmm. no one buys or sells because of you or because of the market there's there's always a reason divorce or you know someone passed away in the family i need to get rid of the property downsize so that reason is always there. Same with, with buying. You know, maybe you've been renting. Some people have been renting 10 years, and then they want to buy. And it's like, well, why? Why not just keep renting if you've been renting 10, 10 years? So true. You have and to get them to, to persuade you on why you should work with them. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're asking them, hey, well, why, 
wouldn't this be an option as well? Meaning I see you're looking to sell. Would rent not be an option for you? And then this way they can kind of let you know if selling is really something they want to do or if you now, by asking that question, they say, you know what, actually maybe renting would be an option. And now you can determine and decipher whether selling is actually of most importance or if they just didn't have enough knowledge to make that decision. So, or, it'll, or, or it'll come up while you're under contract and oh my God. and now you got to back out and now they want their estimate, you know, it's, the, the stuff will come out. Yeah, no, the real reason will always come out. It just depends if you wasted time before it came out. Yeah, that's the that just brings me to bulletproofing the transaction, which is which you we're still you and I are still learning how to do. But you know, bulletproof bulletproofing the transaction is exactly what it sounds like. It's taking all the necessary precautions and preemptively planning for things that can go wrong in the deal and making sure to, you know, kinda stitch the wounds before or or, or rather put put a bulletproof vest on to avoid getting shot and I, I think that's it's, it's vital when you're doing deals it's just super important when you're doing deals that's the fun part it is but it's also really great when you do it correctly and it works you see that you you took the necessary steps to avoid problems and then the problem comes up and you already have it solved like you speak to a mortgage broker and say you know what that buyer might have this and this problem or like hey you ask the buyer um, you know let me think of like good examples uh, you know, it, well, it could be as simple as saying, "Hey, please don't buy that Mercedes you wanted to buy," you know. <laughs> but it can also be like, "Hey, uh, you know, I think this roof." But when you go to the seller and say, "Hey, you know, there's a leak in the roof. You should probably fix it before we even list the property, or you should at least start fixing it while it's listed." And this way, we can tell the buyer that it's being done. Mm -hmm. So this way, you don't miss out on all these buyers that just skip. The deal. I mean, yep. they, they don't even put an offer in because of that, or they do put an offer in, but now you're going to take longer to close because they're trying to negotiate with you on fixing it, and they might try to charge you more money than it's actually worth. the The roof fix might be twenty k. They're trying to get forty k out of you because they're just they're already under contract, and they figure, you know what? Let me try to milk him for more. Mm -hmm. Let's get it fixed on your dime, right? And you don't have to. It's a discussion we have, right? It's all about asking what you want to do, but this might be an option for you in this way once the roof is done or it's at least in process of being done now you don't have to worry about all these issues so this is just you know bulletproofing making sure that the buyer is aware of the closing costs the the seller is aware of the, of the commission and closing costs that everything is discussed and agreed upon just all of these different things are covered um and this way the chances of coming to a close in the time frame that both parties agreed to is actually takes place so that's super important. Yeah. Indeed. So, Absolutely, yeah. So, Gen C, unless there's something else you want to cover, we've, I think we've had a very pleasant, enjoyable discussion. I had tons of fun. I feel nice and buzzed from the whiskey, so that's great. And uh, ladies and gents, ladies and gensies, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope you got a lot of value. And I hope that as a realtor or any entrepreneur, you find your why. And if you have a great why... Just don't quit, man, or woman. Don't, don't give up. Don't That's, quit. That is the number one. It's not even how much work you put in. It's just don't give up. Outwork and outlast. It just yeah. is what it, you, And you're also not going to really understand this shit until, you're, until you've experienced it. Anything I've done when I've listened to someone talking about these things, it doesn't process the same way 
as to when you are actually in the thick of it and you realize what it true what they're saying truly means. And that's why entrepreneurship is so beautiful because a lot of these big entrepreneurs, Andy Frisella, uh, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Patrick Bit David, I'll just I'll throw those three out there. They talk about the incredible amounts of pain they had to go through to get to where they were, and people still throw shade at them and make it seem like they didn't have such hard lives that they grew up with money and they didn't. It always it always looks like that. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Because, you know? because it's a cop out, dude. It's it's very easy. Yeah. When you shit on someone who's more successful than you that you would you wish you could be takes away the need for you to go and do it because it's like oh well they grew up with money they are lucky i could never do what they're doing let me affirm my insecurities and push it onto them and this way i can go back to living my shitty life because i have no shot at being like them but what they don't realize is the person doing it at that doing what they're doing at the highest level they've already received a million other criticisms like you they know exactly why you're saying what you're saying, and they just brush it off. They feel sorry for you. Maybe they even pray for you, and they say, "Buddy, you are literally the one hundred thousandth person that said this exact shit." Yeah. We know why you're doing it. Go out and do what we're doing, so you don't feel this way. It's it's really what it comes. They haven't gone through the challenges and struggles, and that's why they think that they don't have enough belief in themselves. So, peoples, again, Rafi the realtor, follow. Uh, my Instagram page for any of your real estate needs. You can check out my podcast there as well. I thank you for making it this far and for uh, for all of your real estate needs uh, as well. You can uh, reach out to Mr. Gen Z. Okay, because he has a very nice smile. And he has nice mocha skin. Nice uh, cappuccino. Yeah, nice cappuccino skin. He doesn't have to worry about sun, uh, sunscreen like I do, which is always nice. Uh, so... Without further ado, I think I've said without further ado one, or, one two, or three times, it's the whiskey that's doing it to me. <laughs> so, uh, dudes and ladies and gents and dogs and cats and bears and fish, we thank you very kindly for listening and tuning in. This has been another episode of Soothing Semantics with your host, Raphael uh, Isaac Pinsky. I forgot so, your last name. <laughs> well, Isaac's my middle name. Pinsky's my last name. I forgot nice. my middle name for a second. Nice. Love you guys. Thank you. And I will see you on the next one. Peace.